0: This is the Education Business Podcast for consultants and business owners providing services in schools. I'm Claire Riley and I'll be sharing how to start, grow and scale your education business. So today we're talking about the first few weeks with your new freelancer or employee. So this episode is the final installment in a five-part series and after this episode I'm going to be taking a summer break over August so you're going to hear from me again in September And when the new school year does start in September, so does my mentoring programme. And I would just love you to be part of that so that I can help you to grow your education business on a one-to-one level. So you can find all the details there at educationbusinessclub.co.uk forward slash mentoring 2021. So there's an awful lot to cover when it comes to the first few weeks with your new team member. And I can see it from a number of perspectives now. So I can see it from when it's your first but also when you've already got a team. So I'm going to try and cover both elements so that it's as useful as possible. So I've got eight ideas to share with you so let's go. Number one, you need to set a big chunk of time aside. So I've already alluded to this in previous episodes but getting a team member is going to be a big time drain at first. But I want you to think of it as when you did your first few years in teaching if you've been a teacher so you go all in on your resources and your planning in the hope that the subsequent years it'll be easier and then you pray that you get to stay in the same year group and so this is the same but you get to control which year group you're in and hopefully it's the same but it's worth putting the effort in now for it to feel easier later on so you're going to have to schedule some time for this training this development This mentoring for the first six months at least, but after that, things are going to feel a lot easier. Number two, create an induction timetable. So, you want them to feel like you are really organized, that you've really prepared for their arrival, and that you're really committed to setting them up for success. And this is something that I really got wrong at first. So, it was all about teaching them tasks and not about them feeling the culture, and the values, and learning about where we'd come from, and where we were going, I just didn't spend enough time with them, I didn't have any training videos, so really I should have been with them 100%, but I wasn't, because they worked remotely, and I didn't, you know, I just wanted to carry on with my own work, so now we have this induction timetable, um, that is bespoke for every member of staff, but obviously we've got the, um, We've got the fundamentals that are in there. And so we create it and then we give it to them so they can see what they're going to be doing. So sometimes a timetable is a week long. Sometimes it's two weeks long, depending on the role. And, um, it, you know, induction does extend past those two weeks. But the first two weeks, having a timetable is really helpful for, for both you and them. So it includes things like meetings across the teams. Or if this is just you, then it'll just be with you. So at Classroom Secrets, everyone meets the directors and, you know, they meet us separately. Um, so I don't meet them with Ed, I meet them separate to that. And when I meet them, I've got a very um, specific message, I've got three points to it really. And these are the three points that I have for my new starters. One, I'm available to you and you can message me and I will reply because some people hear the title CEO and think, oh my word, I can never speak to her. And 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 it's very strange when um, we do meet for the first time and I can sense that they're uncomfortable because I'm a CEO. And I'm like, listen, it's just, it's a title. I feel uncomfortable that they feel uncomfortable. Um, the second thing is that personal development is super important here and I live and breathe it. And the third thing that I say is that, You can be what you want to be here if you really want it. People create their own roles at Classroom Secrets. So I'm already starting to instill inspiration, talk about the culture here at Classroom Secrets and let them know what I am all about and what the company is all about. So other things you can include in your induction timetable as well, which we do. Daily catch-ups with their line manager if if you've got a team. Um, time in different departments so it might be that you want to just show them some other things that they're not going to do so they can see how it all fits together the company story like how did the company start what was your vision for it shadowing um, for work that they are going to be doing training videos on their area as well as company-wide ones so if it's just your first team member it just means that training videos on on the how to do things and also training videos on who we are as a company and then also time to read the employee handbook so you might not even have one yet but a good HR company can help you out with that no problem. So in some departments like the production department at Classroom Secrets they also get a buddy to work with for the foreseeable so it's not a job that you can learn in a few short weeks even though you might start doing the doing You're going to need somebody to help you, and that buddy mentors them to become more independent, which is what we're aiming for. So, the third thing is setting time for one to ones. So, it doesn't have to be this formal meeting, but what I want you to do is research one to one meetings and start thinking about how you want to run them. And not just what you want to do, it's what will benefit your team member and what will benefit your business. So, you have three things to think about there what you like. What will benefit the business and what will benefit the team member? One thing I've realized over the last two years, probably, is that my team really crave my time. And when I do give it to them, great things happen. And it's such a balance as well, because obviously I want to be off doing my own things. I've got my own work to do. I've started a second company. So it's striking that balance, but it is a really important thing to do. So to blow my own trumpet here, which I do find really uncomfortable, I know that I'm a great cheerleader. So I ask the uncomfortable questions to make people think. So this, I do this in the team, but I also do this when I'm mentoring clients, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to mentor clients, because I know that I'm great at cheerleading people to grow the businesses or be something else or um, find a new career path or be what they want to be. So I reassure people that I believe in bigger things for them and I let them know that all that I see is opportunity presenting itself to them in all directions. There are just hundreds of doors to explore. That's It's just in me. Opportunity is one of my big values. So to me, those sessions are not about what they're doing. So it's not task orientated. We don't have a one-to-one to find out what they've been doing. It's about who they can be and you showing that you believe in them to become who they want to be. And also you modeling becoming someone better every single day to inspire them that it's possible. And I know that sounds like, oh my word, that's so big, but that's being a leader um, and and taking people with you on a journey. Number four, have training ready so just as with the induction you need to have things in place especially if you want it to run smoothly so having standard operating procedures in place is great but just handing them over isn't going to cut it so if you want them to be successful then you need to them to feel really clear on what it is that they're going to be doing so as i've mentioned before have videos about the company vision how you got to where you are have videos on how to do simple tasks maybe you Subscribe to a learning platform or something, and you want them to learn things from there as well. Make sure that your training is really effective, so don't have boring parts where you're waiting an age for the screen to load. What I do is I create very short videos that can be sequenced together in a pathway on a specific task. So why do I create really short videos? It's because it reduces the number of takes because I don't have to like do twenty minutes and think oh, I did that wrong and want to do it again to make it professional. It's easier if your colleague wants to refer back to something and they can just, it's easier for them to take notes as well. When a process changes, the whole thing doesn't need refilming. And because it's short, it keeps people's attention span. So really think about your training. Okay, number five, consider how you're going to approach new tasks with your team member. So, how are you going to move them from you giving all the instructions? to them being able to think and act for themselves. So the the first few weeks I feel are critical for someone knowing how much they can lean on you and you don't want it to be overbalanced either way. So many of you will know that recently um, Jade joined me as my VA and one thing I'm doing is training Jade to be a VA and then later on we're going to be launching some kind of membership program I think where we will train teachers to become educational VAs. So from the very start, even though I have um, sort of been telling her what to do and telling her things, I've been saying to her, in the future, I see it, you will do it this way. Um, So giving her the heads up that I'm telling you now and I'm giving you this information. So in the future, you'll be able to make these decisions for yourself. So it's thinking about all of those things as well. So you really don't want it to be overbalanced either way. And that is something that's difficult to fix if you've made it as a habit, as a company. Believe me, I know this from experience. It's, it's tricky to move through when you've already made it a habit of over-reliance on a manager or, or the leader because you're not um, helping people to think for themselves and be able to make their own decisions. So it's gonna require some serious thought And maybe rethinking once the person started when you can see how quickly they pick things up and how they work and how much of the right kind of initiative that they've actually got. But think about what are the steps in between being fully reliant on you and being independent. But think about when you will spot check their work and what you're actually going to check. Because sometimes we just think, all right, that's it, they can do it now. But It has to be a gradual process. I need you to think of 1% gradual gains rather than one day it's on and the next day it's off. It just doesn't work like that. So make sure that you're always giving them feedback as well, good and bad. Give it straight away and be clear about what you want them to implement from that feedback on the next piece of work. So there has to be an element at the beginning of, you know telling them what to do and how to do it when they don't know but as they gain more experience we really want to edge them further away so that they can be more independent and then you can get on with your job or do the big entrepreneur things that you need to be doing it might be looking at a new product it might be looking at a new sales area but they've come in to help you and you need to not feel like you're doing their job as well as your own So sometimes at Classroom Secrets, we work for a rule of three when it comes to making decisions about new things. So step one might be a colleague asks if they can do it. Um, And then the second time around, they know that the answer was yes before. So they just inform you. They say, well, I'm doing this. And this is so that you can intervene if there is a need to. Or you can say, oh, fine, thanks for letting me know. The third time is that they just get on with it and they make decisions themselves based on their experience of steps one and two but they usually tell you that they've done it so that you know, and then after that it's business as usual, BAU we call it, Um, and you don't need to know about it because you know that they are fine with making that decision. So managing the road to a colleague's independence was something that uh, I just did not do very well for a long time. I feel like I say that a lot, I didn't do it well and now this is how I do it. This is my way of of teaching you how to um, avoid some of the mistakes I've made. I was very tired and very stressed over it. So, the dynamics around the situation meant that I got lots of tasks pushed back to me um, when I was asking for them to be done. And rather than finding a way of making sure that they didn't get pushed up again, I just let it happen. And even though I felt this way, I still didn't record video training. At this point, and I should have really so that I could have directed them to the training when they interrupted me, or before I ended up doing it for them. And I think when you first employ, you feel so responsible, and it really depends on your mindset and what you know about management and and leadership. But it's really hard for us to know what's okay and what isn't okay to ask an employee to do when we've never done this before in another company. And it might be that you've been a manager somewhere else and. I would say you are in a really good place to to know a lot more than I did. I had no management experience or leadership experience at all. So when I started my journey, I was in the scared camp. And you'd be surprised at how little I thought I could ask of my team. I was even scared about setting expectations of deadlines with my colleagues, which is insane, really. But I was, so guess who ended up picking up the slack at the weekend when the work wasn't done? Well, of course it was me. And that carried on for quite a long time. So number six, you have so much to learn and you need to really know that you have so much to learn. So you can't learn it all overnight. You're not going to be, you know, learning everything about leadership before you get somebody. But you do have to make it your business to learn about leadership and management. So don't fall into the trap of that's not me or the way I do things. You need to be willing to learn. So you're going to need to be open to becoming someone different if you seriously want to grow your business and then your team to support the growth of this business. This is the knowledge that I really lacked when it came to setting the expectations and why I struggled with it because I didn't bother to learn about managing people. I think I thought I could just get by without really needing to know and by putting other people in the way. I was also listening to the wrong voices so I was listening to the scared voices around me um, with people that I was spending time with when really what I should have been doing is listening to the voices of leaders on podcasts talking about teams or getting a mentor and another big one on leadership actually is realizing that everything is management's fault for example your fault is what I mean and you've got to ask yourself you know what you did wrong in that situation, not them, so you'll hear me saying that all the time in the podcast, you'll say, oh this is what I did then that I didn't do very well, and this is what I did then that I didn't do very well, what I'm not saying is, oh this team member did this, that and the other, because as a leader, I have to realise that, well I have realised, but as a leader, you have to realise that this is your fault, you have you've to ask what you did wrong, not them, so that might be that you hire the wrong person because it happens and I've done it myself. You've not trained them effectively. You've not had clear expectations. You've not dealt with issues when issues needed to be dealt with. So why would I say this to you and (laughs) say, you know, everything's your fault because, you know, you're an entrepreneur, right? You've already got a lot of pressure, but the thing is you can only control what you're responsible for so I'm sure you don't want to run your business where everyone else calls the shots on whether you're successful or not because of the way that they act or behave and you say there's nothing I could do about it, it's the luck of the draw. You have to take responsibility for everything that happens in your business and that way you've got control over what happens. That one was a bit deep, wasn't it? Um, okay, number seven, tell them why, why, why. So you can never tell them why enough. I was scared again of this at first because I thought that I was sharing my secret thinking and that um, it would be easy for somebody to do this, (laughs) you know, building a business. And I can tell you that um, it's not easy building a business and a lot of people can see that it's just really hard and they don't want to start off on that journey. But when my sister started working with me, I used to tell her why. Because obviously I trusted that she wouldn't screw me over. So when I told her why we did things a certain way, I noticed that it helped her in time to start making suggestions and come up with her own ideas. So she'd question sometimes why we did things um a certain way. Say for example we'd made a change somewhere else, and because she knew why that particular step was in place, she could question, well, why are we still doing this? Because that bit's changed. So I've talked about this time with my team in the one-to-ones point and that's what they're getting from me in that time as well. I'm filling them up with the why, why, why and more why. So they can understand what's happened, where we're going, why we've done things this way so they can make really sensible for suggestions of how we move things forward. And the last point I have to make then number eight is Worry about the right things. So it's so easy for us to focus on how much we're paying them per hour and worry about how much um, they're doing in that hour and are they using their hour as effectively as we would. But the flip side is that we can worry less about the amount of hours that they're doing and worry more about supporting them to get the work done that we've asked them to do. So supporting is a really interesting word for me. It doesn't mean doing it for them and I'm sure you listen to that thinking well, of course it doesn't but when you're in the moment it sometimes it can be hard to realize it's not that it means making sure that they've got the right tools that they've got the right knowledge that they have time with you that they've got a suitable time frame that they understand what they're doing that their work is compatible with their home lives and all things like that So there's so much I could say about working with the team. You know, when you employ, your business then becomes 50% about teams and people. And so I feel like of the knowledge that I can pass on, a lot of it is about this kind of thing, about culture and teams and people. And I'm sure that much more is gonna be coming out in the other episodes that I'll be sharing in the coming months. So just to say again, I would love to work with you on a personal level next academic year my mentoring program is running from september to july and i've a limited number of places so it's best to book early to make sure that you you can secure your place you can find the details at educationbusinessclub.co.uk forward slash mentoring 2021 so you're going to hear me again in five short weeks at the beginning of september so i hope you have an absolutely wonderful summer and i look forward to catching up with you in the new academic year Thank you for listening to the Education Business Podcast. To get more information to grow your business, sign up at educationbusinessclub.co.uk.